heal them and we speak of them and is the greatest woman of all time present in a majlis for three or four or five Rasulullah made peace between Aus and Khazraj and he Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad Rasulullah, gave her most famous sermon in the 11th year after the migration. Inside the Masjid of Rasulullah, at the presence of Abu Bakr, the Muhajireen, the immigrants, and Al Ansar, the people of Medina. Books of history and historians record that once Fatima was informed that Abu Bakr had confiscated the land of Fedak. She stood and wore her garments and she covered herself in a cloak and she accompanied herself by the woman of Bani Hashim and she slowly made her way into the masjid of her father Rasulullah. Books of history indicate that her walk resembled the walk of her father Rasulullah. Her gestures resembled the gestures of her late father Rasulullah. She entered the masjid. The masjid was full of the Muslims. It was crowded by the Muslims who had recently witnessed the departure of the seal of messengers, the last of messengers, the beloved of Allah. Once she entered the masjid, and they saw her accompanied by the woman of Bani Hashim, they put out a curtain for Fatima. She sat behind the curtain with sorrow and sadness. She sighed and she loudly said, Ah, historians have recorded that the entire masjid burst into cries. It turned into a commemoration of mourning and crying. And for some time, they could not control their tears. Fatima remained silent until the cries calmed down. Then she stood and she delivered her most eloquent sermon full of knowledge wisdom eloquence bravery i begin in the name of allah the gracious the most merciful and i glorify him 
For he created us and many creations before us and many creations after us. And I thank him and I praise him for all his bounties. And I glorify him for all his blessings. For every time I thank him, it is because of the ability that he has given me to thank him. And without him, we are nothing. He created the creation from nothingness. And it will return with his might and power once again to nothingness. And I bear witness that there is no, Allah, there is no God besides Allah. And there is no deity worthy of worship besides the one and the only and the only almighty allah and i bear witness that the seal of the messengers and the final of the prophets and the best of them was my father and the servant of allah muhammad He created him before creation and he tested him and appointed him to illuminate the minds of the people and to bring wisdom to their eyes and to allow them to escape from their darknesses into light. O oh, you muhajireen, O oh, you ansar, O oh, you the woman of Muslims, you were people who would drink water from the gutters and create your own gods from idols and you would worship them. You were people living in humility, waiting to be attacked from every angle. You would bury your daughters alive and you would not have respect for any sanctities. Allah rescued you with my father Muhammad and he changed your lives forever and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam was asked how he shall be repaid for all his services and in return Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa yubashirullah عباده الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات قل لا أسألكم عليه أجرا إلا المودة في القربى صدق الله العلي العظيم This was a brief introduction A summary from the introduction of the sermon of Lady Fatima Known as the sermon of Fadak where she alludes to a verse from Surah Ashura while Rasulullah came to change the lives of the pagan Arabs so that they would escape from jahiliyyah, from ignorance, from unawareness, from foolish lives into Islam, into awareness, into Tawheed, 
Muhammad. Allah rescued them with appointing to them the best of his messengers. The seal of the messengers. They would bury their daughters alive. She says you would drink from the water of gutters. And you would eat from that which was left from the hind legs of the animals. And you would kill one another. Indeed, Rasulullah made brotherhood and peace amongst the two greatest tribes in the Arabian Peninsula, Aus and Khazraj. They had been killing each other for hundreds of years, living a life of humility. Rasulullah changed that. They came to him constantly in Mecca. Ya Rasulullah, how can we repay you? How can we be thankful for your services? How can we show our appreciation to you? Allah would command him, Ya Rasulullah, say that I seek no reimbursement from you. I don't want anything from you. My ajr, my reward is upon Allah. Allah will reward me. You don't worry about my reward. Until they came to Medina, they became powerful. They, the assets of the Muslims re returned to them. They had an army and they had a state. And Rasulullah made peace between Aus and Khazraj and he made peace in the entire Arabian Peninsula. Even non-Muslims then came to him, Ya Rasulullah, we have to appreciate you. We have to thank you. Allah revealed this ayah in chapter Shura, Surah Shura, قُلْ لَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا I ask you for no reward. إِلَّا الْمَوَدَّةَ فِي الْقُرْبَى For you to show and demonstrate your love for my kinship, for my family, for my Ahlul Bayt. And ironically, Fatima was reminding them that it's only been days after the departure of Rasulullah. O Muslims, O Muhajireen, O Ansar, O scholars, O the memorizers of the Quran, the soldiers of Islam. Oh, the Muslim woman, the Muslim men. How can you be forgetful of the wish and the will of your Prophet Muhammad? Isn't this the only way for you to show your appreciation to Rasulullah? And tonight... Brothers, sisters, my beloveds, at the inception of those series, let's ask a simple question. Today around the Muslim world, in Egypt, in Saudi Arabia, in Malaysia, Tunisia, the 55 Muslim countries, be it Arab or non-Arab, let us ask a simple question. How have you showed your love for Fatima? What have you done 
to show your thankfulness and appreciation to Rasulullah by honoring his beloved daughter Fatima. The only surviving child to the last messenger of God. All Muslims, regardless of their madhab, have stated that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam has, says, has said, Fatima, Sayyida to Nisa'il Alameen. She is the most immaculate and the best and most purified woman. More importantly, have we asked ourselves, have you asked the Muslim books, have you asked your teachers, have you asked your sheikhs, where is the grave of Fatima? Why is it that less than, five, less than nine months after the departure of her father Fatima, was martyred? Why is it that Fatima was buried in the midst of the night? Why is it that the Muslim community did not take part in the janazah of Fatima? Isn't she the daughter of Muhammad? Don't people desire to take part in the burial and the janazah of the only surviving child of the last messenger of God? Why is it that the Muslim community knows so little of the life, the biography, and the legacy of Fatima to Zahra? I ask you all Muslims, the global Muslim community, the Muslim Ummah, how many hadiths have you heard of Fatima? How many stories have you heard of Fatima? The season of Fatimiyah does not just belong to the Shia. Does not just belong to the followers of Ahl al-Bayt. It belongs to the entire Muslim community. Whoever bears the love of Rasulullah and bears the love of his Ahl al-Bayt must commemorate the days and the nights of Fatimiyah. Furthermore, I tell you, the followers of Ahl al-Bayt, the Shia of Fatima, don't think for a moment that it is enough for you to just come and be present in a majlis for three or four or five or ten nights commemorating the Aza of Fatima to Zahra and donating three, four hundred pounds and thinking that you have done your duty towards Fatima. Wallah! Our duty towards this noble lady is much greater than just being present in a majlis. It is to understand the biography of Fatima. To understand the legacy of Fatima. To study the hadiths of Fatima. To examine every word and every gesture, every agreement and every disagreement of Fatima to Zahra. <coughs> and once you do that, with asking one question, you would give answer to a hundred questions.
Let me repeat this. By asking one question, you would be able to give answer to a hundred questions. How so? One of the great scholars outside the madhab of Ahlul Bayt, a Sunni scholar, wrote to Al-Allama Al-Halli. He says to him, Allama, I would like to come and visit you so we can have a dialogue, a discussion about the differences between the madhab of Ahlul Bayt, the Shi'i madhab and the Sunni madhab. Allama Al-Halli welcomed him. He said, come, sit. Visit with us. Let us discuss. No problem. And Al-Allama then chose a deputy, either his son or his nephew, to go and receive the scholar at the gates of the city. This young man, this young scholar went to the gates of the city and the Sunni scholar arrived. It is true, we have differences. However, the ulama, the true ulama of Ahlul Bayt have taught us to respect scholars and scholarship and to be humble with them and to appreciate them and to give the utmost respect to the men of faith and knowledge. So he sends his deputy, this young scholar, and he receives the guest at the gates of the city. The scholar then begins to ask this young man, this young scholar, several questions. When he's done, the deputy of Allam al-Halli, this young scholar says to him, would you allow me to ask you a question while we're making our way into the city to go and meet Allam al-Halli? He says, yes, of course. He says to him, what is the status of Fatima al-Zahra? He says her status is that Allah has purified her in the Quran. إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهِ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمُ الرِّجْسِ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ تَطْهِيرًا And that house was the house of Fatima. And Imam al-Bukhari in his Tariq al-Kabir, in his book of history, narrates that for nine months after the dissension of this ayah, Rasulullah before every salat, every prayers, would go and stand in front of the door of Fatima and he would say, Assalamu alaykum ya ahl al-bayt. Innama yuridu Allahu liyudhiba ankum al-ritsa ahl al-bayt wa yutahhirakum tatheera. That was the house of Fatima. This is Fatima. Furthermore, Fatima is the one who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam praised. And he said, Fatima Sayyidatu Nisa'il Alameen. This is an agreement amongst all Muslims. Those, this young scholar then asks this alim, this guest, he says to him, after the demise of Rasulullah, after the departure of Rasulullah, who was the Imam of Fatima? 
who was the Khalifa of Rasulullah in the eyes of Fatima. This Fatima who you just said is a ma'soom. This Fatima who is part of Ahl al-Bayt. This Fatima who is the greatest woman of all time. Who was her imam? Don't tell me she didn't have an imam or she could not choose her imam. Furthermore, how can you say her imam could have been Abu Bakr when she went in disagreement with him and she delivered a sermon asking for her right of fedak? How can she question the authority of the Khalifa or the Imam if she believed in his Imama? Who was the Imam of Fatima? The scholar then stopped. He thought. He shed tears. And he returned. As he returned, he looked at this young scholar. And he said, give my salam to Allam al-Halli. And tell him my discussion has ended. I've received all my answers. By understanding the legacy of Fatima. And like I said, her agreements and her disagreements. Her political stance. What she did and what she didn't do. You can easily then guide so many people. And to illuminate the minds of so many individuals. But the problem brothers and sisters. Is that so many parts of the biography and the life of Fatima has been fabricated or changed. Or it has been covered and unspoken. It's been untold. And in fact it is our duty to speak of them. To reveal them. However... We reveal them and we speak of them in a manner not for me and you to be convinced. But to convince our brethren and other schools of thought. That this is your history. This is your books. Those are the hadiths in your books. How can you reject them? And for how long? We don't need to do that by attacking individuals, by disrespecting others. This was not the akhlaq and the attitude and the principles and the moral standards of Ahl al-Bayt. Fatima al-Zahra gave the most eloquent sermon of Fadak. Not once she used profanity. Not once she used foul language. Not once she disrespected anyone, but she spoke, and she spoke the truth. What does she say? She says, Ayyuhan nas, or you Muslims, or you people. And she speaks to the people then and until now. And this responsibility falls on my shoulders and your shoulders to pass on the message of Fatima. Ayyuhan nas! They all knew she was Fatima. But she reminds them. What does this mean? This means if you've just got into a masjid, into the masjid of Rasulullah and you've seen a disagreement, 
on one side it's Abu Bakr and on the other side it's Fatima what is there to think about what are we discussing here which side are you going to be on اعلموا أني فاطمة وأبي Muhammad and my father is Muhammad. La aqulu ma aqulu ghalata wala af'alu ma af'alu shatata. I do not speak but the truth. <laughs> and I do not do that which is inaccurate. And there are parts of the legacy of Fatima to Zahra that need to be re-examined. And that is why I have chosen to speak of this topic tonight. The unspoken facts from the legacy and the biography of Fatima to Zahra in the following three steps. Number one. Understanding the position of her mother Khadija al-Kubra, Ummul Mu'minin Khadija, to understand why Fatima was so adamant to take back Fadak. That's number one. Number two. The marriage between Ali ibn Abi Talib and Fatima al-Zahra. And the surrounding circumstances and the history revolving around this event. The marriage of Fatima and Ali ibn Abi Talib. Number three, Fatima to Zahra within the Holy Quran and specifically in the 76th chapter, Surah Al-Insan. Let's examine that after your loud salawat ala Muhammadin wa Ali Muhammad. Khadija bint Khwailid was the inheritor of the largest cargo business in the Arabian Peninsula. I'm not here to speak of the biography of Khadija. We will pick that which we want to discuss tonight. She was the sole inheritor of the largest cargo business in the Arabian Peninsula. A cargo business that would rent camels to people who would want to send their goods from Mecca to Iraq to different parts of Hijaz to Yemen to Sham to, Ye to different parts <coughs> of the Arabian Peninsula and outside the Arabian Peninsula. Khuwailid and Abu Talib were the Owners of this cargo business, thousands and thousands of camels. And they would rent out those camels. Even the king of Habasha was one of the individuals who would rent their camels. And you've heard his story when the king of Habasha 
wanted to attack the Kaaba, Khwailid, the father of Khadija, went and he told him, give me back my camels. Because he had come to attack the Kaaba with the elephants, to destroy the Kaaba with the elephants as he had created a Kaaba and the city of Najran. This is not what we're discussing. She inherited her father Khwailid because her mother had died and her sister Hala had died. After the demise of her father Khwailid, her mother and her sister Hala, Khadija was the sole inheritor of her father's cargo business. And she had a partner who was Abu Talib. Abu Talib would take Rasulullah on the journeys with him. And there was a representative that represented Khadija and those businesses. Every time he would go back to Khadija, he would speak of this young Muhammad, al-sadiqul amin, the truthful, the smart, intelligent, honest young man who would accompany Abu Talib who once he made his share of income, would be generous to share it with the rest of the caravan. Who would donate everything that he had received to the impoverished people throughout the journey. Who with his honesty attracted so much wealth to their business. <clears throat> I am so sorry. I am terribly sorry, but if we can keep a little quietness in the hall so that I can continue my lecture because as you see, I don't have notes. So I, disturbing me can affect the entire program. Sallallahu <coughs> Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. She then called on to Abu Talib. She says, Ya Abu Talib, I have heard enough of the good qualities and your nephew Muhammad and I would like to ask for his hands in marriage. The marriage took place between Rasulullah, Khadija's employee and Khadija. This wealthy woman who was known for her generosity, who was known to be the mother of orphans, the caretakers of the guests. One of the qualities of Khadija was that her house would be open on daily basis for the guests passing through the city of Mecca. They would rest at the house of Khadija, eat at the house of Khadija, sleep at the house of Khadija, and she would gather the orphans, she would feed the orphans, she would nurture the orphans, and Rasulullah supported her. Rasulullah encouraged her. And she would see that Rasulullah would spend months out of the year in Ghar Hira, the cave of Hira, contemplating, praying, glorifying Allah. He never bowed to the idols. He was never fooled by the money and the materialistic life that Khadija could have offered to him. One day he comes from Ghar Hira. He goes into the house of Khadija. 
He says, Ya Khadija, come. Today I had a great experience, an unbelievable experience. Today the revelation was descended onto me. The angel Jibra'il paid me a visit and he said to me, Iqra'. اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يكن يعلم ما لم يعلم أو خديجة I have been appointed as God's last messenger she was the very first person to believe in him to support him she was the very first person to give the kalima and the shahada. And she says to him, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah. While Rasulullah was fought by his own people, by his own clan, by his own uncle, his own uncle became one of his staunch enemies, Abu Lahab. And when things got really tough, when things got really hard, they created a torture house for the Muslim community in the downtown of Mecca. And when they would take the Muslims and they would take them to this torture house and they would torture them until death. They tortured the parents of Ammar. Yasir and Sumayyah. And Rasulullah was outnumbered. He would go and stand and he would see them being tortured. And he would say, Sabran ya ala Yasir. Sabran ya ala Yasir. Fa inna mawidakum al Be patient. Soon you will be embraced by paradise. They seized the assets of the Muslims, they shut down their businesses. A day in the years of Hajj, while people came flocking from all over. Few Muslims, few, few outnumbered Muslims. Caravans would come from all over to do the Hajj. A person came, stood inside the Kaaba. He shouted, Ayyuhannas, Ayyuhannas, oh you people, this is a message from Khadija bint Khuwaylid. Isma'u, listen, oh people, this is a message from Khadija, the daughter of Khuwaylid. They all gathered. The messenger said, Anna Khadija bint Khuwaylid qad wahabat kul ma tamluk li Muhammad Rasulillah. Khadija, the daughter of Khuwaylid, has given everything she owns to Muhammad Rasulullah. She now has stripped away from everything she be that belongs to her, from everything that she owns. She gave and she gave until the last moments when she was on her deathbed. She says, oh my daughter Fatima, I have no money to buy a kefan. To shroud myself. Tell your father Rasulullah to shroud me in his aba, in his cloak. This was Khadija.
This was Ummul Mu'mineen Khadija. Rasulullah loved her so much. Every time he would remember Khadija, he would shed tears. He would cry. The Muslims then went on to Medina. They had the battle of Uhud. They had the battle of Badr. They had an army. They had a state. They became powerful. They began to liberate lands. <coughs> and after the battle of Khaybar, a city by the name of Fadak surrounded to Rasulullah without fighting, without war. An entire city surrounded to Rasul, surrendered to Rasulullah. Rasulullah was going to divide the assets of the city onto the Muslims. Listen. This is why I just examined the biography of Khadija. For this very sentence. He was about to divide the assets to the Muslims. Jibra'il comes, he says, hold ya Rasulullah. Akrim biha Khadija. Ya Rasulullah, repay Khadija with Fadak. Rasulullah says, ya Jibra'il, Khadija is long gone. She's buried in Mecca. He says, Honor Khadija's inheritor with this land. Give it to her give it to her inheritor. Give it to Fatima. Then Rasulullah gave Fadak the land of Fadak to Fatima to Zahra. After the demise of Rasulullah, the land of Fadak was seized from Fatima, was taken away from the lady. Fatima to Zahra. I ask you, brothers, O Muslims, even if Allah had not commanded, even if Rasulullah had not given her Fadak, wouldn't the Muslim have to repay Khadija and honor Khadija and honor Rasulullah by giving Fadak to Fatima? Isn't she Sayyida to Nisa al Alameen? And how would Fatima spend the money of Fadak? On herself? On her slaves? On her servants? On her jewelry? Fatima to Zahra would go and collect the poor and the orphans. And those who had loans and those who wanted to get married. And those who had traveled and lost their money. And she would say, Ya Ali, go and give the assets of Fadak. To the Muslim community. <clears throat> Thus by taking away Fadak from Khadija. It was a direct disrespect to the decision that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made. And to Rasulullah. And to Khadija. And to take away the power from Ali ibn Abi Talib. This is one unspoken fact from the biography of Fatima. Let it be known that this is the reason why Fatima was so adamant to take back Fadak. And Fadak was indeed the right of Fatima. That is why Umar ibn Abdul Aziz al-Umawi returned Fadak back to Fatima, the children of Fatima, because he saw it as the inheritance of the children of Fatima. The second portion of the biography of Fatima that needs to be discussed 
as her marriage with Ali ibn Abi Talib. We all know the story that Fatima married Ali ibn Abi Talib and they had children, Hassan, Hussein, Zainab, and Kulthum. This is not what I want to discuss. When Fatima migrated from Mecca to Medina, she was 18 years old. She was a young, mature woman. When she got married, she was 20 years old. Her husband was 22 years old, Ali ibn Abi Talib. <coughs> after the battle of Badr and after the battle of Uhud, those two battles, second year after the Hijrah, third year after the Hijrah, all the books of history state that every single Sahabi had asked for the hands of Fatima, including Umar and Abu Bakr. And Rasulullah rejected them. Every single one of them. In fact, Rasulullah would sometimes be upset with some of them. Saying, صَغِيرَ The age difference between you and Fatima is 40 years. How can you come and ask for her hand in marriage? You would become upset. And to some of them he says, This decision does not belong to me. It belongs to Allah. Books of history of the brothers outside the school of Ahl al-Bayt state that one day Abu Bakr and Umar went to Imam Ali as he was aggregating some land in Medina. They said to him, Ya Ali, what are you waiting for? Why don't you go and propose to Fatima? Everyone has asked for her hand and everyone's been rejected. You go and ask for her hand. Imam Ali went. He sat in front of Rasulullah. He was embarrassed. He was shy. He sat, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm here to discuss something with you, but I am extremely embarrassed. I don't know what to say. Ali didn't have a father or mother. He was by himself. The only person he had was Rasulullah. Rasulullah says, Ya Ali, I know why you're here. Before you came, Jibra'il descended unto me. He said, Ya Rasulullah, zawwaj al-nur nur Ya Rasulullah, marry the nur from the nur. Marry the light from the light. He asked Jibra'il, What do you mean, Ya Jibra'il? Who is the Noor? And who should I marry the Noor to the other Noor? He says, Zawwaj Ali min Fatima. Marry Ali to Fatima. He says, Ya Rasulullah, indeed this is why I'm here. Rasulullah went to his beloved daughter Fatima. Oh Fatima, Ali is here to ask for your hand in marriage. Every time Fatima would reject, this time Fatima was silent. She put her, her head down. Rasulullah saw this as a sign of agreement. And the marriage took place. Who was Ali? Let's remind ourselves. The first mu'min, the believer, the hero of Badr, the hero of Uhud, the person who brought the fawatim from Mecca to Medina, the person who paid back the debts of Rasulullah, the sole bodyguard representative of Rasulullah. The cousin of Rasulullah. This was Ali ibn Abi Talib. They got married. He became the son-in-law of Rasulullah. He married Fatima. 
after weeks of their marriage. Rasulullah heard that every single day Fatima has been crying. So he goes to his daughter Fatima. Oh my beloved daughter Fatima. Is there something wrong? Are you in disagreement with your husband? She said no ya Rasulullah. He is an amazing man. But I am fed up with the woman that come to me in groups and tell me he married you off to a poor man. He has nothing. Who is Ali, this poor guy that Rasulullah gave you away? He could have married you to a rich man, a noble man, a man with land, a man with real estate. A man with gold and silver, who's Ali? Ali has nothing. And it saddens me and it depresses me to hear them dislike my husband so much that they would create fitna between me and him. I am content, Ya Rasulullah. I am happy with Ali ibn Abi Talib. But I wonder why is it that people hate him and dislike him so much? Rasulullah says, Fatima, if they come and tell you that again, tell them this. My father did not marry me to Ali. Allah married me to Ali ibn Abi Talib. And this is the greatest honor for you, Fatima. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends this ayah. Fi buyutin adhin Allah. And turfa' wayudhkara fi hismuh and in houses where Allah's name is glorified and He is praised in the days and the nights. <coughs> Abu Bakr came, he said, Ya Rasulullah, which houses are those houses? Which houses are those? He says, Innaha buyutul anbiya. It is the houses of the prophets. Then Abu Bakr pointed to the house of Fatima. He says, Ya Rasulullah, is this house amongst them? He says, Innahu min afadiluha. It is the best of them, the most noble of them. This is a house that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes pride in. Fatima, this is your husband. Brothers, sisters, look at the untold facts in Islamic history. Then when Rasulullah saw Fatima crying so much in sadness and depression, he went on to the minbar. He took the minbar and he said the following hadith. Fatima, bid'atun minni, yardallahu liridaha, wa yaghzabu liridabiha. And another hadith, Fatima bid'atun minni man adaha faqad adani. Fatima is part of me. She's my daughter. Whoever displeases her displeases me. This is why this hadith was told by Rasulullah to the Muslim community. Today you go and ask them, some fabricators, wicked 
writers of history, ill-hearted individuals, go ask them, why did Rasulullah say on the member, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَرْضَى لِرِضَى فَاطِمَةً وَيَغْضَبُ لِغَضَبِهَا I am pleased when Fatima is pleased. I am saddened when Fatima is saddened. They tell you, it's when, when Imam Ali had proposed to the daughter of Abu Jahl. Imam Ali in the time when he was married to Fatima, he proposed to the daughter of Abu Jahl. Rasulullah found out he became upset. He says, Fatima is, a is my daughter. Whoever upsets her upsets me. Can we accept this? If Rasulullah had a problem with his son-in-law, why would he go and sit on the mimbar and say this? He would go to him and he would say, Ali, I don't want you to marry the daughter of Abu Jahl. I am displeased if you do that. Why would he have to sit on the mimbar and say that? Look how history's changed to discredit Fatima and Ali ibn Abi Talib. This is fake history that the Muslim community has been hearing for thousands of years and nobody knows the truth. And this is your responsibility. And third, the position of Fatima within the Quran and especially in Surah Al-Insan. Brothers, this is part of the legacy of Fatima to Zahra. They are fasting. They have a nidr. And for three consecutive days, Rasulullah, Fatima, Imam Ali, Hassan and Hussein are about to break their fast. And in that moment, a person knocks at their door, I am hungry. This is the head of the household, Fatima. This is the manager of the family, Fatima. <clears throat> she collects the food. And she, give it to, she gives it to the hungry man. Second day. And third day, she does the same. They want to thank her. We don't ask you for... We don't want you to thank us or appreciate what we have done. We have done this for the sake of Allah. Sisters, today, you're the mothers, the daughters, the managers of a household. This is the example that Fatima has left for you. This is the legacy that Fatima has left for you. Make sure that you become the navigator of generosity in the household. The navigator of giving. The navigator of mercy and compassion. Humanity. Make sure that the legacy of Fatima touches you. Touches your hearts and your souls. A follower of Fatima. I'm not saying do not dress nice. Do not spend money. Do not live a good life but does not worry about her dress at the end of the week because she's invited to a different party every weekend. Doesn't end up buying 55 dresses and 55 pairs of shoes every year 
because she cannot wear the same shoes and dress to the weekend's party. This is not the follower of Fatima. This is not the legacy of Fatima. Fatima was the one that collected the loaves of bread and she gave it to the poor. Even though amongst those who were hungry in her home was Rasulullah. Rasulullah. But she even managed the affairs of a family which was amongst it Rasulullah himself. And Rasulullah did not object. He said, we leave it in the hands of Fatima to the decision of Fatima because we trust her. Because she's Sayyida to Nisa al-Alameen. Inna Allah yardha li-ridha Fatima. On her wedding night, she had received a dress. She was wearing the dress to go to the wedding. It's one time and a lifetime that she wears this wedding dress. She's the daughter of the most powerful man. She's the daughter of Rasulullah, the head of the state. A young lady came to her. She says, Ya Fatima, I want to attend your wedding, but I have no dress. She don't have a dress. Come. She took off the brand new dress. She gave it to the poor woman. She wore her old dress. When Rasulullah was taking her to the wedding ceremony, he saw Fatima was wearing the old dress. He says, Fatima, didn't you make a new dress? This is your wedding day. What happened? She says, I gave it to the poor girl who wants to attend my wedding. I wore the old dress. It's okay. She says, but yeah, Fatima, why did you give her your wedding dress? She recites this ayah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Lan bir. You will not achieve righteousness hatta tunfiqu mimma Unless you give from that what you love the most. Sisters, learn generosity from Fatima. Learn to depart from the lavishness of the dunya from Fatima. Learn the humanity of Fatima. The humility of Fatima. The dua of Fatima. The night prayers of Fatima. The bravery of Fatima. The love for the Imam. Learn it from Fatima. You will transmit and transform your family with the love of Ahlul Bayt because you're the one that will nurture them with the love of Ahlul Bayt. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.